Welcome to the L Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Kafko. This podcast is about L's, letting go what doesn't serve you, learning who we are and what we want out of life, leveling up to live it to the fullest, and most importantly, loving ourselves in the process. So let's figure out this thing called life together. Here we go. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I, I've i talked about this before, but I think it's about time I talk about it again because it's popped up a lot um, on my Instagram feed, on people I've talked to, and I think it's just about that, that time of the year where people are getting sick or people have, you know, are reaching their deductibles and they're trying to, you know, get their annual physicals and whatnot. And so I really, really, really will always, always emphasize, advocate for yourself, you guys. When you go to the doctor, speak up. If you don't feel like they're addressing your concerns, if you don't feel like they're listening to you, like say it again or, you know, really, really push for getting certain tests done. And and I'll explain why. So this all kind of started, I learned I needed to advocate for myself back in, oh gosh, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there, years ago. (laughs) And I had tried using um, a birth control. I wanted to switch birth control. I had been on pills for years and I wanted to try something else because I didn't want to have to take a pill every day. And so I had heard about this implant that they put in your arm and it was supposed to be great because you didn't have to take a pill every day. I'm like, sweet. Sounds like exactly what I'm asking for. So I talked to my doctor. We got it done. They inserted the implant into my arm. And around two weeks, I started feeling like my depression was flaring up really bad. And I was having more and more intrusive thoughts. And... It got to the point where like, it it was just getting really bad. And so I I messaged my doctor and I was like, hey, I I don't think this birth control is working out because this and this and this happened. My mental health is declining. And they told me it's only been like three weeks. You have to give it more time. It'll get better. And I was like, okay. And plot twist, it did not get better. And so I messaged again and I was like, hey, this is still not working out. I'm really scared. I don't feel well. And the only thing I've changed is this birth control. Like nothing else in my life has changed. I'm still eating the same thing. I'm still doing the same stuff. So can we maybe get this out? And again, I got the pushback of no, you need to wait longer. And they told me, well, since it is technically, it counts like a surgery because they have to like cut you, cut your arm open a little to get the implant out. They're like, since it is a surgery, like doctors don't want to do it. And I was like, I don't give a fuck what doctors do or don't want to do. Like, this is your job. You put it in me, you take it out. I literally had to threaten them with, if you don't take it out, I will. Like, that's how desperate I was to get this thing out of me because I was not feeling like myself. And so finally, begrudgingly, they were like, fine, we'll take it out. They schedule an appointment. I got it taken out. And not only was I already not feeling great because of how this medication was making me feel, 
But I was upset that I had to fight tooth and nail to get something out of my own body. Like, it should not have been that hard. And I learned again a couple years later when I had an endocrinologist, a doctor that helps with my hormones um, for my diabetes. And I kept asking, hey, I heard about this medical device, a continuous glucose monitor that just going, goes on your arm. It measures your, it can like help measure your blood sugar levels. And I wouldn't have to prick my fingers because my doctor kept telling me, you need to prick your fingers like six to eight times a day. And I was like, that sounds like shit. No, I won't. <laughs> and, and so I was like, you know, I heard about this thing. Can I, you know, try to get one? And he was like, no, your diabetes isn't that bad. You don't need it. And I was like, whoa. It's not that bad, so are we just going to wait until it is that bad to finally do something to make my life a little bit easier with diabetes? I asked like three times, you guys, and every time he said, no, it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. So I got a new doctor, and the new doctor was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Like, we could look at, you can get more data, and it would, like, it would only benefit everyone. And so I got it, and my life has been so much better since that doctor didn't listen to me. So I got a new doctor. And then it happened again when I was getting my gallbladder surgery uh, last year, last year. I don't know what year it is. Yes, last year. And as I was getting ready to go into surgery, this doctor asked me, you know, what type of diabetes do you have? I see that you're on insulin. I was like, oh, I have type two diabetes. And this doctor was like, oh, type 2 and insulin, it must be pretty bad. And I was like about to get anesthesia, about to get knocked out. And I like, I didn't know what to do. I freezed. But it tormented me for like weeks after my surgery because I felt so embarrassed, so humiliated, so stigmatized, right? This doctor had never met me before. This doctor never looked at my charts this doctor didn't know me and was making assumptions about my health based on two words, insulin and type two. That's it. That's all they had to go by. They didn't even look at my blood sugar levels. They didn't look at anything. And so I had to advocate for myself again against doctors and it sucks. But at the end of the day, feeling uncomfortable with speaking up is nothing compared to going years undiagnosed, going years untreated. This happened again <laughs> just this week. Um, I've been having issues with um, a lot of stomach issues. I ended up in the hospital like right after New Year's and I've been trying to like see doctors, see specialists to try to figure out what the hell is going on. Um, I So I had to have a colonoscopy. Yay colonoscopy at the age of 31 was not, I didn't have that on my bingo card for 2023, but here we are. And so I had my colonoscopy. They gave, they, the doctor had the results. And so I met with a gastroenterologist, a, you know, a GI specialist, a stomach specialist. And it was over telehealth. And so she was looking at my results from the colonoscopy and she's like, okay, well, it's not this, it's not that. So you probably just have IBS, um, irritable bowel syndrome. And um, and I was like, okay, well, what about lactose intolerance? Like 
my doc, my doctor that did the procedure, um, they give you all your reports and your test results, whatever, and your, they call it a patient portal. And I think most hospitals have this. So if you have one, highly recommend you use it. Message your doctors that way so you don't have to wait until your next appointment to ask questions. And so when I get my test results, I get like an email alert. I always check them, you guys. I always check them because a lot of the times doctors will, they won't answer all your questions, right? They don't thoroughly explain everything. And to be fair, they don't have time to explain everything, right? They're not going to walk me through every little number and explain exactly what each number means, what the normal is, if I'm high or if I'm low, if I'm out of that range, right? I get it. They don't have time. But if you have questions about your results, message them, ask them. And so I had looked through my test results for my colonoscopy and I looked through the reports and everything. And of course, they're stupid long reports, but whatever, I made the time to look through it. And at one of them, it said, my lactase was low. And so I probably had lactose intolerance. And so I asked this doctor, like, oh, what about my lactose intolerance? She's like, where did you see that? Like, where did you come up with that? And I was like, I, first of all, I didn't just come up with that. Like, I'm not just pulling that out of my ass. You know, this isn't a colonoscopy. But I was like, um, it was in one of the reports from the doctor so-and-so. And she's like, I don't see that in your, like, full diagnosis report. And I was like, well, I clearly didn't make this up. Like, I heard this from this doctor. So it was either in a private message where I messaged the doctor to ask this question or it's in one of the reports. I'm like, I will look for it. So I'm literally on this telehealth appointment, scrolling through my own chart, trying to find where I was told this piece of information while I while this doctor's just like idly sitting there waiting and so I'm looking, I'm like, okay, it wasn't in a, in a message, so it must have been in one of the reports. And so she finally was like, oh, okay, I found it. Uh, yeah, that's weird that they didn't make an, another note about it or that it was um, not entered as like an official diagnosis. And so I was like getting super pissed that she just thought I made it up. And I'm like, no, it was in a report. And then to make it worse, I was like, okay, so it's not, the colonoscopy looked fine. Nothing's wrong there. You think it's IBS. It probably is. And I'm like, what about this other thing uh, called exocrine pancreatic insufficiency? It's when your pancreas doesn't make enough enzymes to kind of break down your food and help absorb all the nutrients from it. And I'm like, what, if, what about this? Like, can we still test for this? She laughed. And was like, no, you don't have that. And I was like, oh, okay. Can can we just test to rule that out? Like, and know for sure? And she was like, no, the symptoms are this and this and this. And you have you don't have this or that. And I was like, actually, I do have everything except this one thing. Like, I think one of the one of the uh, symptoms is diarrhea, and I have constipation. Right? It would make sense that okay, if you don't have the one big one but I had a bunch of the other ones. And I'm like, and I have diabetes. My pancreas isn't the great, isn't the greatest, right? So it would make sense to maybe look into it. And all it is, you guys, is a stool sample. I have to submit a stool sample. Like that's what it takes to test, to rule this out. And the doctor's like, no, I don't think you have it. I'm like, well, can we please just test? And she's like, well, I can order a stool sample for you and you can just go pick it up, pick up the cup whenever you have time and do it. 
Um, she's like, oh, but in the meantime, take this, this, and this, um, other supplements. And she's like, well, do you want me to put the test in? And was like upset, like very clearly upset. And I'm like, um, well, if, if you don't think I have it. And she's like, well, you brought it up. You brought it up. So I just want to make sure your concerns are heard. But you brought it up so we can just order the test. And she was very clearly upset that I was pushing to get this test done. And I'm sure there are plenty of patients that she sees that are, you know, WebMDers, right? People that go to WebMD when they have a symptom and it tells them they have cancer. So now they come and say, hey, I have cancer. And they're like, whoa, chill, bro. Right? I understand that. She's probably, and many doctors probably are, you know, burnt out from having to explain to everyone they don't have cancer. I get that. But if I'm telling you I have these symptoms and it would make me feel better to just rule it out. All you have to do is order me a fucking cup. Come on. Like, I shouldn't have to fight to get a fucking cup to poop in for you. Right? It sounds so silly. But after that telehealth call, I was just so livid that, again, I had to advocate for myself again. And I've heard this from so many people. And let me be very clear. I've heard this from so many women. We get dismissed. We tell them we're in pain and they're like, well, yeah, that's normal. No, it is not normal for your body to be in pain and any sort of pain. Or I've heard, you know, there's so many women that complain about pain, that complain about constant headaches, that complain about, you know, um, vaginal discharge, that complain about things that are 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 ways that our bodies tell us, hey, something's not right. You shouldn't be experiencing these things if your body is healthy and in balance and, you know, properly functioning. And so I heard a story about a woman who was constantly tired, was having headaches, um, and it turns out she had had an infection from her C-section for three years And for three years, she was dismissed as like, welcome to motherhood. This is just what it is. Yeah, you're just going to be tired all the time. And you're just going to have all these symptoms. And she's like, she went to a different doctor. And the other doctor like actually listened to her, did some tests and found out she had a fucking infection. And it just blows my mind that we have to always fight for our health. And I will always do for it. I will I will push for every poop cup, right? For as long as I need poop cups, I will always push for them or for any test in that matter. And it breaks my heart to think that there are people that are maybe not as loud as I am, right? That they're they're more introverted. Like younger Liz, like early 20 Liz would never say anything. She'd be like, oh, okay, you don't think it's that? Okay, thanks. You know, thank you for correcting me. I was dumb. Thank you, Right. And there's so many people that are like that, that they don't feel comfortable with confrontation, right? They don't want to speak up and voice their needs because they don't want to be a burden, right? They don't want to feel like they're inconvenienting any inconvenienting, an inconvenience, (laughs) right? They don't want to cause a commotion because they think it's going to cause a commotion, but actually it's just you doing the bare minimum for yourself, speaking up for yourself. And I remember my mom always telling me, Whenever we would go to doctors, tell them everything, 
Like, now is your chance. We're paying money to take you to a doctor. Tell them everything. Oh, you have this rash on your back that hasn't gone away? Tell them that. Oh, your foot hurts and it still hurts? Tell them that. Like, tell them everything. And I used to hate it because I'm like, oh, mom, come on. I, like, I don't want to throw all my business out there. But that's literally the doctor's job, right? To know your business and to help you with your business. <laughs> and, and I used to hate doing it as a kid. And then as I got older, my mom told me, you need to exaggerate your symptoms for them to take you seriously. And at first I never, I, I didn't understand that back then. Like, if you say you're in pain and they ask you like, on a scale of one to 10, what's your pain? If my pain was probably like a six, she'd be like, say 10, always say 10, always say 10. And I was like, ah, oh, it's a 10. And I felt bad lying, right? Like, why is my mom telling me to lie? I get it now. I get why she told me you have to lie. And, and it's stupid. It's stupid that we have to lie as women especially black and brown women or black and brown folk that we have to lie about how we're feeling about what our symptoms are in order for us to be taken seriously. We literally have to tell doctors, I think I'm having a heart attack for them to be like, okay, well, let's do this test. Let's check this. Let's check that. It's stupid. It's stupid. I hate it. But if that's what you have to do to, you know, quote unquote, work the system, then do it. And the same goes for men. I mean, men, you will probably be taken seriously immediately. Like if you have a paper cut and you say you're having a heart attack, they will check everything, right? But do it. It You're paying for, you know, if you have health insurance or if you have like um, state-funded insurance, you are going to get charged regardless whether you have insurance or not, right? Someone's getting charged for this uh, for this service. You wouldn't go to a restaurant, get like, Ask for a steak and get a shitty burger and be like, okay, this is fine. I'll take it. No, right? You're paying for this. You should get what you deserve, what you asked for. Same thing goes with the doctor. It's a service. You should be getting what you need, being listened to, because you're paying for the service in one way or another. You're paying with your time. You're paying with your money, whatever, right? You're paying in many forms. You're, don't pay for it with your health. Let me say that again. Don't pay for it with your health. Don't sacrifice or take the risk of going undiagnosed because you have all these symptoms that you think, well, my, you know, swollen foot probably has nothing to do with my headaches. Uh, No, 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 it might. There's so many connections with our bodies that what you might think as like, oh, well, this doesn't really make sense. Like, why would my knee hurt be causing my stomach pains, right? You never know. It's better to just tell them everything and go from there. I'm not trying to say doomsday everything, right? Like if it's you're just going to urgent care, it's just your annual exam. Okay, but still tell them everything. Always advocate for yourself because no one else is. No one else will. Your doctor's not going to ask you like, well, are you sure there's nothing else that you want to share with me? Like, are you sure you're not holding something back? Doctors, they're busy. They they're not, they don't have time to try to interrogate you, right? And it's your job as the brain and the voice of your body to advocate for it, to speak up for it. Because all your body can do is give you cues and signals, which are symptoms, right? Like that's how our body tells us things. They manifest as symptoms. And so it's your job to, to listen to it. 
And part of that listening is asking for help. And so I'm getting angry again. So I'm going to cut it off here. But always advocate for yourself. And if you're one of those people that if you're like younger Liz and you're, you're just not comfortable with speaking up, you're not ready to speak up, here's what you can do. There's two things. Three things, actually. One, you can message them privately on your patient portal, right? After the fact, if you don't want to talk face-to-face in the moment, I get that. Message them later and ask all your questions there. Like, thanks, you know, after today's doctor appointment, I actually had a few questions that I didn't either, that I just didn't ask. Here they are, blah, 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 blah. Thank you. And it might take a few days, but they might get back to you. Um, and so that's one thing that you can do is take the time to really process everything and write down all your questions and send it via message. The other way that you can do is most hospitals, most doctor offices will have a patient advocate. This is someone that is not a doctor, right? They're kind of a middleman. They're, it's someone that can come in and speak up on your behalf. You can tell them what your concerns are and they can tell the doctor. They're there to make you feel more comfortable. You can ask if a patient advocate can come sit into your appointment with you. I've seen posters for it. You can ask when you're making the appointment, hey, can I also have a patient advocate there? Just like they also offer interpreters, right? This is another service that's available for many people to use during their doctor appointments. The third thing you can do is get a new fucking doctor. Like, I know it's annoying, you guys. I know I hate having to find a new doctor. It's like dating. It's the worst. You have good ones. You have bad ones. But there's no reason why you should ever settle for a bad doctor. If a doctor is laughing in your face saying, no, you don't have the thing. No, I, I'm not going to listen to you. Come, you know, tell me what's wrong. Get a new doctor. Like, there's no reason you should ever stay with a bad doctor that's not listening to you, that's not helping you, right? Doctors are there to serve to help you. That is literally part of their oath to help and serve you and make sure that no wrong ever happens to you. Not listening is a wrong. Not taking action is a wrong. Not ordering a fucking test that would take seconds of you literally pooping in a cup is a wrong. So get a new doctor. If you need help, I will gladly help you try to find a new doctor, right? You can go into your insurance. There's always a, like a find a doctor search bar. You type in your zip code. It'll bring up doctors based on specialties. There's plenty of doctors out there, you guys. Don't ever settle. Okay. I've, I've, I'll get off my soapbox. But please advocate for yourself. It's so important. And it literally could save your life. So I will see you guys next week. Hopefully I'm a lot calmer. <laughs> and I hope you have a great weekend. I'll see ya. If this episode was helpful, please share it with your mom, your friend, your neighbor, everyone. Help me spread this word as far as possible because we can all use a friend that gets us and that's there for us. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next episode.